Player Directors. Once again, I am one half of the hosts of this show. I am Matt James, and with me, as always, is my good pal, Richard F. Padden. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Ooh, I like that. I like the way that sounded with, you know, actually using the Richard F. Padden instead of just saying, Rich, I like it. I like that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm just uh, finishing rereading um, up the, the book I'm working on, um, The Blood Angel. So then I can send it off to, to a publisher by the weekend. Um, and then I'm into the next book. So yeah, feeling cool. good. 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 Yeah. How about yourself, uh, sir? Writing the first book in a new series. Um, I love how we date every single episode of this show by talking about current events. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, as, so I like to say as of today, as of January 24th and, you know, US 25th in Australia, <laughs> um, I am currently writing the first book in a new series. The, new, the series is called Relics of God, and it will be handling biblical artifacts. So from eras throughout history, not just the Bible itself, because of different variations of those artifacts, like Arthurian legends and that kind of stuff. But it's all stuff yep. that revolves around uh, biblical artifacts in one way or another. And um, first book is called The Blood King, and it will handle uh, probably my favorite tale, which is uh, the Holy Grail. So, um, mostly because there's just, there's so much, there's so much information about it, whether it's. Oh, come on, T tell the truth. The real reason it's your favorite is because of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's the only reason we all no, know. And, 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 and honestly, that's, I'm, I'm never shy about, uh, inspiration. So, I mean, that's definitely an inspiration for this entire series, really. Uh, obviously yep. so is Raiders of the Lost Ark and, um, Indiana Jones uh -huh. just, it's funny, the, 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 the core series, you know, the first three movies, uh, the original movies, I, I, I just found it interesting that the two of the three revolved around biblical artifacts. I just thought that was kind mm -hmm. of, it, that was kind of cool. Uh, oh, just yeah. how, you know, the story developed with the, with those two main artifacts, you know, well, in place. Well, uh, you got to admit, the second movie is a religious artifact. It might not be biblical, but they are yeah. religious stones. So, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense. You yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, that was, and then, uh, and then you know, then Chris, the uh, Crystal Skull, they just kind of went off and kind of threw that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was more Crystal Skull was the uh, just the time frame of that the movie took place in being in the fifties, and that was a big yeah, so, Russian yeah, espionage, alien stuff. It was it, for the time frame it worked, but it wasn't obviously. I mean, we could go on and on about indie, which we will shortly, I'm sure. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. But definitely. Uh, also, when we do the movies themselves, as far as our normal episodes. But um, uh, this week, um, we we announced it a couple weeks ago, and then we've talked about it subsequently on every show since. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a little different of an episode than the typical armchair directors episode. Um, so usually we go through our favorite movie of that choosing for the episode and uh, look at it through the lens of a writer and. Yep. Yay or nay? What did we love? What didn't we love? And uh, but the one consistent thing we talk about is usually is music. Yes. So in this case, yes. we are going to talk about some of our favorite movie scores and just the movie music uh, in in general for those specific movies. Um, yeah, I have to admit, I've been actually really excited for this particular episode since we first came up with the idea because yeah, it's one of those things. It's pretty easy to say. You know, well, sometimes it's not easy, but it's really relatively easy to say who your favorite actor is or who like your favorite actors, your favorite directors, sure. your favorite mm -hmm. movies. 
that's pretty easy. But when it comes to music, it actually is a lot harder because it really is much, 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 much more subjective. Sure. Absolutely. It absolutely is. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that we, we've both made lists and, yeah. <laughs> you know, like when we've talked about this off air, it's been that question of, okay, so how are we going to, you know, like, are we going to do like a top 10, a top 20, a top fifth, top five, you know, because with us, yeah, we could go, you know, yeah. quite big with these lists. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's where um, I do. So we, we talked off air, you don't do fantasy sports. So drafting and stuff, I do fantasy football. I've been doing it for 20 plus years. Well, yeah, and, you're American. So of course you yeah, would. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but the idea is that you and I are going to draft our uh, five man roster, we call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just go back and forth on each pick, and we can't select what the other guy has selected. So it'll kind of force our hands and really screw us up if something gets uh, chosen earlier than we thought it would. Yeah. And I I know some movies that you have a higher opinion on than I do when it comes to music, and that's just um, you know I'm not going to talk about them because I don't want to influence you at all. But uh, <laughs> and we haven't shared our lists. Um, we haven't shared no. our lists with each other. And no, then what th- we're going to do is. is share our teams in our yep. Facebook group. So facebook.com yes. slash groups slash armchair directors podcast. We're going to share our teams and let the comments go and be like, whose team do you like better? Why? It's your favorite scores. You know, just mm-hmm. what we love is discussion. Yes. Because it's a podcast oh, yeah. and that's discussions kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it, 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 it would be quite hard to, you know, just have either a one-sided discussion or both of us just sitting there doing the, you know, monosyllabic kind of responses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And um, it is kind of interesting because we've talked about this, how, um, you know, we'll talk about our favorite movies just ever made. And every single one of them usually has some sort of massive influence with the music in the movie. Yep. And that's just, I just find that very, um, we talked with Kevin on our Ghostbuster shows on, because of the music in the first and yeah. third movie and how it um, resonates with you. And that's, that's the power of music in general, just flat out music, but the power of, in my case, uh, movie scores too, because of just the, uh, the combination it has with the visuals. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I mean, like, look, I'm looking at my list right now mm-hmm. and there are certain, you know, certain, um, score so the whole thing where i sit there i can listen to that and i get the movie in my head you know all there are particular songs you know for example if i say to you indiana jones what's the first thing that pops in your head in regards to the music oh yeah raiders march i mean yeah 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 same as if i say darth vader you know it's going to be the imperial march and that's the thing and there there are certain songs that really does get you if if you're of a certain age and you've grown up with a certain kind of certain movie, um, sure. you know, and yeah, prime example is watching Ghostbusters Afterlife with you. And <laughs> first time we watched it, you know, the opening bits of music came in and you held up your arm showing me goosebumps. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, was and thinking, it, um, it hits like you. I had that, oh yeah. And I had a similar reaction. Um, the terrible Superman movie, Superman returns from mm-hmm. Ryan Singer. I saw it at the cinema when it came out, sat down, and the moment the opening, you know, the opening theme started, which is the, it's a, it's just a um, re-recorded, slightly updated version of the original John Williams Superman theme. You know, the moment that started, I sat there and had this massive grin on my face. <laughs> yep. 
Um, no. so, so, yeah, we should, you know, I'm going to say we should probably start with the draft. Now, who's going first? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, do you think we could pull off the longest distance game of rock, paper, scissors in history? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could. We could. Because l- luckily there's no um, weird delay with us. So we yeah. we should be able to do this without it. Uh, um, are we going best two out of three for a little suspense? Or are we yeah, let's do, let's do best, 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 two best two out of three. And um, the way I do it is one, two, three, then shoot. you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So rock, paper, okay. scissors, and then shoot. So on the, the yep. fourth count. So, all right, let me get the fingers loose. I wish people could see this. This is the dumbest thing in the world. It's live. Kind of live, but not live. It's live live for us. And for those listening, it's a delayed. You guys get to listen to a game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. That's (laughs) riveting stuff. That is, uh, that is, that is a quality radio right there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Get those. Oops. Make sure the camera. So, all right. So, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So, here we go. Rock, paper, paper scissors. scissors, shoot. Ah, okay. Yes. So Rich wins. This, this is actually a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's fun. Than it, than it sounds. So just so you know, on that first one, Matt did paper, I did scissors. Yes. Therefore, all right. Yes. So uh, if you're keeping count at home, one nothing, Rich. So, yeah. <laughs> right. so, right. Rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors. <laughs> shoot. shoot. Oh, it's a drawer. <laughs> All right, we got two rocks. Okay. okay. All right, ready? I'm trying to match his cadence so we don't oh, no. show Tell off. Tell you what, how about this? I'll go off you. <laughs> oh, I don't care. We can go slower, like the way you're doing. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Yep. All right. So, okay. Okay, here we go. Rock. Rock. Paper. paper. Scissors. scissors. <laughs> so dumb. Shoot. Shoot. Oh. Hey, scissors win on me. <laughs> I get to go first. Scissors never wins. It's always rock or paper. <laughs> Just, I should have gone rock, damn it. You should have gone rock. You should have, but you lost. So, and um, I'm going to go first. What I'd like to do too is obviously, um, uh, so I want you to uh, voice a case for why this is being picked. Yep. Okay. Because there's obviously this is the creme de la creme. This is the first oh, yes. one. All right, my friend, with the first pick of the armchair director's movie scores draft. Yep. What are you yeah. selecting? What is the creme de la like, creme of the movie scores? Conan the Barbarian, 1984 by Basil Polidorus. That's, that's got to be it. Now, the reason, the reason is, okay, it's, it's basically, it's, apart from it being a fantastic score, you know, that movie, because of the style of the movie, yes, it's a sword and sandal epic. Yes, based on Robert E. Howard's work, but... You know, you got Arnold making his big breakthrough in the role, and John Milius, who was you know who directed it, he basically he wasn't afraid to have massive stretches of this as a silent movie. You know, yeah. The only character who really does the majority of talking it's James L. Jones as Falsa Doom, the villain. So for that, you need to have a score that is going to carry the movie, that's going to do all the heavy lifting when the actors aren't talking because you know it's a visual medium. So you do need to have something there. And yeah, Basil Polidurus's score, it's operatic. It is big. It's bombastic. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Big. You know. Yeah, you've talked pieces. about that since day one on this show. Oh yeah. Certain pieces yeah. of music, you know, you, you you start playing it, and a lot of people who are big fans of that movie instantly get the movie in their head. And 
there's a great love theme that's in there as well. Um, you know, it is quite, um, it is, you know, it's a Wagner-esque score for a very operatic movie. So, yeah, that to me. Yeah, very epic. Yeah. yeah, that's that's it. Way better than anything Howard Shaw did for Lord of the Rings. Mm, mm. Oh, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that to, to, to just to get the reaction from you. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, we'll okay, get there. how about you, sir? What's your first uh, pick? So first pick for me was the easiest pick of them all, and it is the movie scores for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, it is John Williams. It mm-hmm. is the the classic, you know, big drums, big strings, um, low horns, like this great, yep. just like great way that John just puts his music together. But um, just that being my favorite movie also lead lends to the music. And yep. it's not just Raiders March. I mean, Raiders March is obviously, I mean, it's one of the most well-known pieces of music out there. Um but there's there's more to it than that. You have like the great music in the map room when Indy drops down, and you hear yes. those, those those strings twitching real fast, and it's like suspenseful and it's building up. And um, there's one thing John was always good at, is, still is, is he's telling the story with his music. Yeah, um, great scene, the desert chase. Um, you know that music is just and again, if you listen to it, you just those strings. Just really those those the leaping strings. I'm not a musician in this case with strings, so I don't know like the technical crescendo and whatever's. But uh, I just I hear it, <laughs> I feel it. Um, I'm not I'm not. A, did you know I'm not classically trained in the uh, orchestral music? So, but you know what you like, and that's important. Yeah, that is very important. You're right. Uh, I think it's called Marion's theme. Uh, is another when you first meet Marion and, um, mm-hmm. or it might be when Indy and Marion are fighting off, uh, the Nazis at, in her bar. Um, but it's, it's kind of her singular theme song. Um, yep. and then you have, what was the last one I was going to, oh, and it's just the, the, it's called Washington ending slash Raiders March. It's the extended version, yes. which is going through the credits and stuff at the end. And yes. it's, uh, it's after beautiful. Top men. <laughs> yes. After top men. But um, but what I do like with this um, score in this movie is um, it's used more than once. It's not just yep. like this exclamation point, but it's changed and it's subtle and sometimes it's bright and it's massive and sometimes you get uh, key changes which just make yep. it sound weird but in a beautiful way because, uh, again, I'm not a music buff when it comes to the actual like proper English. So like I said, I know what I like and uh yep. oh, no, but- Raiders is for me just a kind of duh pick. Yeah, which which yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. And what you said about it, it tells us, you know, John Williams could tell the story with just the music. Yeah, same thing with Basil Polidurus and his Conan soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, number okay. two, second number round. two. Number two, I'm gonna go with um Benny Elfman's score from Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to listen to it again, but I, oh, I, I, I 100% the, know it's very good. I, I know that. But yeah. The, Mars uh, like the, the opening credits with everything is great. And, you know, mm-hmm. being a Denny Elfman score, it is quite wild. It's got that macabre hilarity to it. But the thing is, 
it fits so well in the 1950s vibe of that movie. Even though it's a modern yeah. movie, that is a throwback to them, to they, to all those 1950s sci-fi horror movies. Oh, yeah. And Danny Elfman nails the tone, he nails the vibe, and he does some amazing things with a theremin in that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the theremin is brilliant. It's a brilliant. Great, it's it's brilliant. a great tool. Um, my, my dad, um, when my dad was a science, used to be a when he was a science teacher, and I go visit him one day. He said to me, you know, in his um lab. At I think the I called lab, that a large, um, at or no, a large saw with a violin yes, you did. bow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. we were talking Ghostbusters, so yes, yeah, that's what you called it. it I can't um, remember the name. Yeah. Oh no, but it's great because yeah. I would, one day I went. One day, my dad said, Rich, i got a theremin here for you to play with. I went, no way. And it's the hardest thing to do. Interesting. It's so hard. Because not only because with the way it's built, with the receptor, with the um, antenna, depending on where you are, proximity is going to be how loud it is and how far away and up and down is going to be the tone. Interesting. So the further away you are, the softer and the closer you get, the louder. And then depending on up and down. So it's one of those things I'm playing around with it, just, you know, going, making all the crazy effects. And dad would say, try to do something with it. I'm like, okay. And just cock it up. <laughs> so anyone who can play, like, the, you know, when you listen to those scores and you hear the theremin sound, you just sit there going, man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I am honestly going to have to go back. You know what it is? I listen to like a playlist of Danny Elfman stuff. Yeah. And it's probably, I know it's on there for sure because I've, I've looked and I've seen it, but he has like such a um, distinguished style. Yes. That I feel like, and, and this isn't a bad way because immediately when you hear it, you know it's Danny. Is, well, yeah. I might sometimes get them confused with other movies just because in my head i'm like oh it's it's danny elfman i mean it's he's he's just he's he's got his own thing and he's so good at it so don't get me wrong i mean i have i have some of my favorite movies are danny elfman scored so i mean i get yeah. it and tv shows and everything i mean he's he's amazing oh yeah and i mean you know in interviews he's always said that one of his biggest influences was bernard herman and if you don't know who that is or shane <laughs> But he wrote this. He wrote the music for Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yep. So you know, I can see that case. being an influence for him. Sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, that's the thing. So you know, even when you think about the band Danny Elfman used to have, Longo Bongo. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of that old Hollywood. Um, in, um oh, we call it old Hollywood um, influence. Did <laughs> you say you almost said influence? You were almost there. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was close. I was close. I doubted myself for a split second. <laughs> Okay, what about you, sir? What's your number two? Uh, number two should also be very obvious. It is uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, yes. Um, by, Not by Hans uh, Zimmer. <laughs> no, uh, Klaus Bedelt, um, mm -hmm. supervised and produced and helped out by Hans Zimmer. But Klaus Bedelt um, was actually the mastermind behind a lot of that um, beautiful, yep. beautiful music. And like John with John Williams with Raiders, you want to talk about telling a story with the music. Oh, yeah. And the characters having their own theme songs. And anytime you see Jack Sparrow on screen, the music is always kind of, well, yes. drunk. Uh, it sounds like the music is drunk and it has like oh, this yeah. very it's, stumbly kind of, I mean. It's awesome. 
it's awesome. And just yeah. the, the main themes with the, the rolling drums and just the, din, and the way the din, trumpets din, din, go. Din, 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 din. It's just this massive yeah. adventurous on the high seas music. I mean, that's, oh, it's a, pro- it's a proper swashbuckling it is. soundtrack. It absolutely is. And it's, it's again, super influential with, um, in, in my case, you know, ac- no surprise action adventure stuff. And, the yep. style of music that goes with a lot of this is just those rolling, just not really necessarily super fast paced and super chaotic, but they're just like these rolling, just like galloping kind of style yeah. of music. It just kind of continues and takes the movie. And, you know, again, one of my favorite movies ever made. So it's no shock that it's also one of my favorite movie music. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, here we are. That's the thing. If you if you if you know our if you, you know when we've talked, if you you know seen a Facebook group or you listen to the show, you know what our favorite movies are. It can be a little easy to pick up what we're going to say. It is. It is. But it's also kind of interesting. Um, it makes you kind of think because some of the best music that I know is not necessarily the peak or other way around my best my favorite movies don't necessarily have what i would the list best. as the best music they have great music yes. but not the best music oh yeah um, no definitely and it's, mean, it's it's interesting where like sometimes the movie will i don't want to say the, the music will carry the movie more but there's like some movies where you know the star power carries the movie more yep. or the music carries the movie more and then there's some that are just right across the top just massive on both sides yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so, my, my my number three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going with um, John Murphy's score for the Suicide Squad, which was the James Gunn version. Interesting. That came out. Okay. Okay. And now the reason is, you know, you listen to a bunch of uh, modern superhero movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So you know. You do your Captain America, Civil, uh, you know, Winter Soldier. You listen to all the stuff Alan Silvestri did. You listen to all of it. It sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. You listen to the DC stuff. Okay, so you had um, the Zack Snyder trilogy. I, I, that's why I call it of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Then you had, um, you know, Justice League. The first one was um, Man of Steel was scored by Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. The second one was done by um, Tom Holkenborg. Who's more known at, more well known as Junkie XL? Ah, yeah, and he also did the uh, you know the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, and also Mad Max Fury Road. So you know he's <laughs> sure, you know he's one of those guys. But the, even the DC DC stuff does have a very similar sounding feel. Mm-hmm. And then James Gunn came in, and the score that John Murphy did for the Suicide Squad it's a it is guitar driven. It's a rock. Score basically. Interesting. Yeah. So you you sit down, and you just listen to the score. You're going to get guitars. You'll get you know, basically a lot of electric guitar. You're going to get drums. You're going to get that. You will get your orchestral stuff, but it fits the tone of the movie perfectly because it's completely yeah. not what you're expecting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I think it's it was a Trevor Raven. No, uh, Ramon Dejuadi, uh, who did Iron Man, uh, uh-huh. same, yep. I was thinking the guitar driven kind of modern yep. rock. Yep. Kind of like that. 
Okay. Very similar to, you know, like, yeah, the Pacific Rim thing done by the same guy. You know, mm -hmm. the best way I could take think I could describe the Suicide Squad soundtrack, it's a mixture of the score from Con Air, where it's basically all awesome guitar licks, <laughs> and then something by, say, Henry Jackman. You know, that sort of lovely mixture of old world and new world. Yeah, and that's just me not being a massive uh, DCEU fan and uh, probably just I don't know the movies well enough to know the music yep. well enough. And it's got, I know that those two things technically shouldn't correlate, but with me being very visual, that's where a lot of this stuff comes from is because I'm such a fan of the movie. That's what yep. draws me in to begin with. And then the music just puts it over the top. So but, see, uh, and, and I understand yeah. that because... Um, when I was the book I've book I've just completed, um, Blood Angel. I was um, I you know putting together a soundtrack to listen to while I was writing it, as 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 we all do. Yeah, yeah. Or now, like I'll have specific music based on the yeah. theme of the book. Yeah, yeah. And so I wanted something that was a bit more of with a heavier sound. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was watching the movie and I closed my eyes at one point and I heard the music. I, was, I just started focusing on the music. I went. Ooh, that's different. That sounds good. And I got the soundtrack and I was listening to it. And there's a couple of songs that just listening to it. I'm just going, yeah, these, this is like top tier stuff. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. And, so yeah, uh, that's what, that's, that's why it's, you know, and that's also a signature of James Gunn though. So James Gunn likes to do, I mean, look what he's done with, you know, guardians of the galaxy, you know, he literally yes. has put together soundtracks. Uh, not yep. to say that the music isn't good because the score, uh, the actual, um, uh, the composer that okay. actually did the music. That was, uh, that was, uh, Tyler Bates. He, Tyler, Tyler Bates, Bates did those. Yeah. Like when you hear the, the group theme in the first one where he's letting yes. off the spores and you hear that beautiful, the, I'm not going to try to impersonate the music, but you know, the, the, the twittering <laughs> in the air that's signifying yes. the spores. That, that kind of synthetic flutters, uh, yeah. synthesizer sound. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, and it, and it worked perfectly because you're thinking, oh, it's sci-fi. It's, you know, the superhero stuff. So he made it, made sure he had that synth in there. Uh, so yeah, no, um, I think that's just a gun thing too. And I think if you went through a lot of his filmography, you would get a little bit of that in all of them. Um, oh, Definitely. So definitely. you said uh, writing a book and then music to go along with it. Um, this was definitely, as the young kids, as the gamers say, this is S tier uh, for me, which is better than A, which is weird. But um, yeah, that that, it, that really doesn't. That's never made sense. I'm in in my late thirties. Nothing. A lot of things don't make sense anymore. But anyways, um, yeah. What 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 you thought was cool is no longer cool. <laughs> It is true. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Jenkos. The, the young people don't have any yeah. taste. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, I was going to try to say, I was going to try to defend him for a second, but my brain automatically went, no, he's right. So yeah. here we are. <laughs> um, but so uh, the last book that I've completed, which is the fifth book in my Jack Riley series called The Venetian mm -hmm. Pursuit, um, it needed a proper soundtrack and um that was easy for me which is um uncharted for a thief's end and that is sir henry jackman uh, oh sir henry jackman he's not knighted but he should be uh, 
But I also have to give credit where credit's due, where the first three games in that series were composed and written by Greg Edmondson. And um, yep. he drew up some of the most beautiful music in the genre that I appreciate the most. And um, we've talked on the show in the past with um, how I stumbled upon learning that Henry had did the music for Uncharted 4 and Uncharted, well, I, I call it Uncharted 5, but it's Uncharted yeah. Lost Legacy. And um, I thought that was so, like, A, it was cool. It was amazing. But um, I thought it was unique, too, because as we were talking with Henry Jackman, he does a lot of the modern stuff. He'll put in some of the synth. He'll put in some of the mechanical, some of the guitars. Like, Uncharted has none of it. Uncharted is oh, no, very like classic. classic romp. Like, uh, same, same with John Williams. So lots of high strings, lots mm -hmm. of low horns, lots of just barreling drums yep. and that rolling and I was Bedell, John Williams, Henry J I mean, it's, it's, you can see my theme here and, uh, yeah. Also being my favorite video game franchise ever, one of the most successful ones out there. Um, there's a reason that the game series is as big as it is, regardless of the actors, the voice actors, the mocap stuff they did. The music is obviously phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, has a special place in my heart. And uh, this not just being my favorite quote, quote movie, but it's the movie-esque, you know, soundtrack. I know we're doing no, that, movies, that, movie scores, but this one counts. No, no. no it counts. It counts because it's very cinematic. I mean. Very cinematic. That's the thing. The way those scores were done, you know, because the movies are very much interactive movies. And that's what they really are, especially that fourth game. Yeah. You know, Thieves End, it's 100% a movie. Oh, absolutely. The scores... Yeah, the scores have to match it, and, and yeah, they do. And he did. He did what um, all of the guys from. I say all of them because there's been quite a few composers for Pirates now, mm. and uh, the Indiana Jones movies, and a lot of your long running series of movies is um, a combination of Greg Edmondson and Henry Jackman. They they kept the traditional scores, and then just added to them and changed them up based on the setting and the yep. theme of the game. Yeah. which is exactly what we were just talking about with Raiders and uh, obviously with Chris or, or Pirates of the Caribbean because that same theme is used mm -hmm. in all the movies, but it's wildly different based on the movie, uh, but it has a signature in it. And that's what they did with all these um, Uncharted scores. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the Uncharted theme is great. <laughs> yeah, it's so classic. It's it's. They nailed it. I there. mean, I don't I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my number four, it's Casino Royale by David Arnold. Yeah, I know you're about, specifically David Arnold. I know you're a big fan of his Bond work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he did the Pierce movies too, right? Uh, he did, um, okay. He did The World Is Not Enough. He did, he five, did the he last did couple. He did five. So he did Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. The World yeah, Is Not right. Enough. He didn't do Die Another no, Day. That's right. Casino Royale, and then Quantum of Solace. And then when Sam Mendes came in, he brought his go-to guy, which is Thomas Newman. Yep. yep. And he did the, he did um, Skyfall, and he did um, Spectre. And then when Gary Joy Fukunaga came in and did No Time to Die, he brought Mr. Boom, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Arnold only did um, Casino Royale? No, Arnold did um, Casino from the Craig era. He did Casino Royale and... 
Quantum oh, of Solace. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. you know what? I, I heard you say Skyfall and then I didn't, oh, you I, know, missed, I, I, I yeah. missed, yeah, I missed you saying, I was, oh, I, was, I, was I just thought it was weird because you had, um, Goldeneye and then you had, I was like, oh, so he didn't do Goldeneye, but then he did one in the next series. I was like, that's kind yeah. of an odd combination. That's kind of no, weird yeah. timing. And, but yeah. Well, see the reason, the reason why he didn't do Goldeneye, um, he actually wasn't even thought of for Goldeneye. That's the, that's the funny thing. He wasn't even considered because Martin Campbell, who directed mm-hmm. Goldeneye, and you had and Barbara Broccoli and um, Michael G. Wilson wanted all, a, all their people. Yeah, well, yeah, and they wanted a more a very modern sound. They didn't want the classic John Barry sound. They wanted modern, so they got Eric Serra, which yeah. is why that soundtrack is quite. It's quite. I don't like it because it's just. Lots of synthesizers, lots of yeah. almost dubstep kind of beats. Yeah, to you it. get those quirky like ring a and like yeah, at the beginning yeah. with the uh, uh-huh. Ferrari the car, and the, Aston Martin yeah. chase. Yeah, yeah. Hate it, yeah. hate it. You know, and then and and they released the soundtrack album and it, the score and it bombed as sales. And that was people. A lot of people kind of said, "Not didn't like the score by Eric Serra." So when they went, "All right, we'll do Tomorrow Never Dies," they were like, "Okay, we need to do something a bit more classical." And Roger Spotswood, who directed. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies, he said, well, let's get the guy who did the score for Independence Day and Stargate. Yeah, those are big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you think yeah. about it, the in Stargate, that opening credits, that overture that David Allen wrote got used in so many movie trailers. So you have yeah. him and you yeah. go, all right, we want you to do Bond, and he just – you know, sits down and goes, right. And he just becomes the guy. <laughs> it's, you know, so, and the great thing about the Casino Royale soundtrack, going to the specific reason I picked that. And I've spoken about this at length when we did our Golden Eye episode. I think I did. Mm-hmm. It was a three hour show. You could have said anything and I would yeah. have agreed. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I was so, I was so out to lunch by the end of it that <laughs> I know. Good thing I wasn't. Good thing yeah. I wasn't. I was 100% focused. So yeah. when, Thank when God. they were doing, when, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being honest because it got to a certain point to where I'm like, thank God he knows about this because I, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. That, that was, that was basically a solo. That was a solo episode, really. That was just me going, mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is I just have a button that just goes, uh-huh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just a button and it just rotates. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Tell me more. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with the Casino Royale soundtrack, David Arnold set out not to include the Bond theme because in a lot of the other soundtracks, th- soundtracks that were done for scores for the um, Bond movies, they use the Bond theme quite a bit, usually during the big action sequences. And he actively refused that. It would be like a big explosion. You hear dun, 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 and yeah, exactly him with this fireball yep. behind him. Sure, yeah. yeah. Or if he's you know in a car chase, they would put it in. You know, you think about the um, you know in um because golden eye the tank chase they use it there or he cr- that's when he breaks through the wall of the yeah yep. i mean yep and he does the the tie favorite, fix <laughs> my favorite part of that movie i mean yeah. we win at lengths yes <laughs> so, you know david i actively refused to use the bond theme and he and chris cornell had wrote you know my name which is a fantastic song and yep. they kind of he said we've that in and martin campbell who directed it as well and the producers were like no we need to have the bond theme and Damon I said, look, he's not James Bond. He's not 007. Trust me. And they let him do his thing. 
and he's sitting, he's showing them, you know, they're watching the movie. It's him, Barbara Broccoli, Michael G. Wilson, um, what's his name? Martin Campbell and Daniel Craig. They're sitting there with David Cam- Arnold watching the movie with the score. And they're like, you can just, and they're just going, oh, we need the Bond theme. That, this, this action sequence is perfect for the Bond theme. You know, the Miami chase mm-hmm. and all that. And, you know, David Arnold goes, just wait, just wait, just wait. And gets to the end. And you see the villain, Mr. White's in his villa, and, you know, and he gets the phone call and you hear, bam, bam. And these, these, these people just go, ooh. <laughs> and the moment he says the name's Bond, James Bond, you get that. It kicks in hardcore. The theme comes in and, and Michael G. Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, they've been producing and with the Bond franchise since Timothy Dalton, since Roger Moore. That's how long they've been involved. They're seeing, they're going, oh, yeah. Daniel Craig's just there going, you know, he's impressed. And Martin Campbell's just like, yep, we trust you. And, you know, there's yeah, still it's not pushback. Bond and there is no, how can you There's no need have for the theme. theme. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's expected, so, but it, storytelling-wise, it was smart to not yeah. include it. And that was the composer's idea. And then it gets even better because they're, you know, even after that point, they're like, nah, you've got to throw it in somewhere. You've got to. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, trust me. They do the premiere in London. And Martin and David Arnold is sitting next to Daniel Craig and Barbara Broccoli. And the whole movie's playing, everything's great, and they get to that exact same scene. Mr. White's on the phone, you hear, bam, bam, and the crowd just go quiet. <laughs> and David Arnold's sitting there, you know, he's, he knows what's coming. And he says the line, the name's Bond, James Bond. The song kicks in and just everyone loses their shit. <laughs> and David I was just sitting there going, told you. <laughs> so to me, that story kind of elevates how great that score is. But the other thing about the Casino Royale score, there are some fantastic action mu- mu- bits of music, like during the, uh, the free run chase at the beginning in Madagascar, that's a great bit of action drums. It's yeah. percussive. It's just pushing. And you get those John Barry trumpets coming in. It's just, you know, as far as a hell of a action spy score goes, Casino Royale is probably my favorite out of all the Bond scores. I could see that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. No, honestly, because it being the origin story, the music was always, well, it should have, and thankfully it did, was going to be a touch different. So it was going mm-hmm. to stand out more. It was going to be, it wasn't just the same old thing again. And yes, David Arnold obviously paid dividends with his hiring to do that because any other composer would have came in and get, Oh good. I get to do the bond score. Yeah. And he yeah, probably like, would have over. Yeah. Exactly, oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with um, like with no time to die and Hans Zimmer's score. There are moments where he's got the bond theme playing and you sit there kind of going, yeah, it's not special. When it's used too much in a Bond movie, it no longer becomes special. That's that's one way of putting it. Honestly, it is. It is. Yeah. And in this case, it was like uber special with the way it was used at the very end with the introduction of 007. Yeah, that's it. You know, because throughout the whole movie, he never says the name's Bond, James Bond. He never says it in the rest of the movie. That's the part. Yeah. So it makes sense. The moment he he's in the three piece suit, it's per, it's the perfect Bond moment. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it really is. And he after he shoots a guy in the leg. Yeah, so it was, it while was, talking to him on the phone, which is while even talking better. to him on the phone, <laughs> his white suit too, which of course just makes the blood stand out even yep. more. So no, it, that was just great cinematography in general. But, oh yeah. Um, 
So uh, my number, number four, four, my number four, mm-hmm. and uh, this was actually uh, one you snarked at before, but this is uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. So Lord of the Rings <laughs> by Howard Shore, and um, this actually has more to do with the time frame of when this movie was made. So this movie was two thousand one, and uh, what was big for me in two thousand one. So I would have been seventeen, and like I am now. Rich and I have talked about this. Uh, Celtic music has been a huge influence on me. With... But that's only for one song, though. That's not the entire score, though. That's only for one song that they do. That. I know, but when so it's culturally too. So it's it's a lot of those Irish and Scottish themes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the bagpipes and a lot of the tin whistles. Like I grew up a huge, huge, huge Pogues fan. You know Shane McGowan and the Pogues, and yep. you know a lot of his solo stuff after the Pogues. Uh, Dropkick. For some reason, I thought you were going to say the cause. No, no, the Pogues. <laughs> Um, which was such a cool moment at the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas movie that it was Christmas in New York by the Pogues was the opening. I flipped. I just said, you know what? It's about time that got some recognition in a Christmas movie. That was such a great song to open that movie with (laughs) or that short with. But uh, um, I was in high school. I was wholly obsessed with like Flogging Molly, uh, Dropkick Murphys, um, The Real Mackenzies, uh, and then just a lot of the Irish themes in general. I loved bagpipes. I loved the tin whistles. So I got into yep. bands like the Tossers. Uh, like I said, the aforementioned, I, when I mentioned the Pogues. So when I when Fellowship of the Ring first came out, um, I wasn't a big reader back in the day. So I wasn't somebody that was dying to see this because I had read the books. Um, I was dying to see it because there were some actors in the movie that I was very um, fond of. But it was also... Um, seeing the way it was shot, seeing the themes of the movie were all of those like Celtic themes and then hearing uh, like Misty Morning and like hearing some of those really classic, just gentle, like swaying themes. And you just, you get those great whistles and those great fiddles and those great, and like the dancing kind of just like light, happy music. I mean, all the Hobbit stuff, <laughs> all the Hobbit stuff. No, it is. And, and, and that's, that's the opening numbers of that movie it was a lot. I mean, well, the battle at the beginning against Sauron, but uh, I'm talking the actual like Hobbit at the beginning of it was all those happy themes and it was all that yeah. beautiful Celtic music. And, um, and it's not just the Celtic movies. Obviously it's a lot of those battles, those huge orchestral numbers, massive music uh, throughout the whole see, series, I, I, including the Hobbit movies, but man, fellowship just did it for me. Time frame was perfect at my age and what I was listening to. And it, it's always been one of my favorite. Um, I, I, I understand that. I mean, I saw the movie when it came out. I and I bought the CD, the soundtrack album mm-hmm. of it, and the three pieces of music I loved from that album was Hobbiton. Yep. So I know full well why why what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called A Whisper in Darkness, which is when the Nazgul attack the beds. Um, it became basically the oh, Nazgul thing. at the Prince and Pony. Yep. Yes. So that you know, you got you got the you got that um, just that rolling ominous um, deep cello and violins and then the 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 choir come in it's a really tense sounding piece of music and then the bridge at Kazadum, that piece yep. of music which is just the minds of moria chase i love that so i understand i do fully understand where you're coming from in regards yeah. to that and the other one was uh, concerning hobbits is such a beautiful that's that yes. ding 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 okay you've ding, just done ding. the great escape just then yeah but it has, the, you, but yeah, 
that's why because I'm I don't have the right instrument. So it's anyways. But that, yeah, I know, that's I know, acoustic yeah. guitars. That's yeah. It's it's yeah. a beautiful one. That, that is our out. introduction. So <laughs> you have the prophecy, which is the battle at the beginning, and then yep. when the word when it says fellowship of the ring and it flashes across, and then that's when you see um, Frodo sitting against the tree. Yeah, and then writing you got that a reading guitar. That's concerning hobbits, yep. and that's when you fall in love with the Shire, and you're just like, yeah. see, the, the, the music is so the, beautiful. The, the, see, when I say Hobbiton, it's the one where they're where it's him and Gandalf riding mm -hmm. in, and it's got the tin whistle, and that's the more upbeat, kind of more Irish sounding one. That's the track I was talking about. Yes. So it's probably the same track, just different parts of it. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. Because anytime I hear concerning hobbits come on, I, I immediately know what it is because it's the, yep. that signature beginning with those acoustic. Uh, it's just oh, such no. a. Yeah. yeah, because it's this very, yeah, the beginning of that track, it's very soft and gentle and swang, and then mm -hmm. you get a, a, like a little bum, 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 and then the fiddle and the tin whistle yes. come in. Yes. See, and that's the part I'm referring to. So it's the same song. <laughs> it's the same song. It's the same song. It really is. Yeah. But that's what's we got funny the <laughs> is we both have like off the top of our heads favorite parts, and it's the same song. So it's like it's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a good thing. Oh, yeah. Look, kind of a good I, thing. I, 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 I don't. I, actually, uh, Howard Shore has written some amazing scores. He's I will admit never, that. ever, ever mentioned with the best no. ever. You know and you what? look, I, he, I have his filmography up right now, and you are, it's amazing yeah. the amount of music and that there's a reason. produced. There's a reason why he's never gotten the recognition. There is a reason. Are you ready for this? Sure. Because he's done 18 David Cronenberg movies. It's a, That's the reason. Oh, okay. Yep. Because he's done, he's done every single David Cronenberg movie and one Tim Burton, he will never get the recognition because he's known as he's known more for that than he is the other awesome stuff. Plus, he's Canadian, so sure. it's a snub. <laughs> well, no, well, well, think about this. is This is 2001, one of the biggest yeah. film franchises in movie history. But it, uh, they didn't think it was going to be. No, no. And they were ballsy to film all three of them at the same time. I mean, that was that was... Yeah, that's Peter Jackson. That was back yeah. when he had balls. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But, you know, if you go further back, I mean, look at the classics of Fly. You know, yep. big. You know, you David keep David going. David Cronenberg. Yep, David Cronenberg. Yep, Silence of the Lambs. Uh -huh. uh, you have uh, Prelude to a Kiss, which I know has got some beautiful music in it. Uh, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Doubtfire, which is yep. very upbeat and kind of fun yeah. in some certain... Uh, seven, which that's... is really weird and, See, and that's, edgy. That's Ed Wood. Thing, that's... See, that's probably the real reason he hasn't been recognized. Because think about it, it's Danny Elfman. You can tell yeah. what Danny Elfman. Howard does exactly are. what the movie needs. He, he has no yeah. like. Yeah, he doesn't do his own thing. Like no. Danny Elfman does his own thing. Henry Jackman, in a way, does his own thing. Yeah. Um, High fidelity, you know, dogma. Um, I mean, you just go through Panic Room. Yeah, he, he's all New over York. the place. Yep, yeah, he is all over the place. Yep. The Departed. The thing. He, I'm like, it's jeez. Yep. Yeah, and because he doesn't have his own sound, as you said, he does what's yeah. right for the movie. He, he yep. doesn't have his own sound. Like, if yep. you take the score he did for, okay, let's say The Fly, <laughs> mm -hmm. one of the greatest remakes ever done, yeah. that score is so big and bombastic. It's a, it, it's, You could take that and use it as an opera score. And then sure. you look at, say, let's go Mrs. Doubtfire. Part of you goes, it can't be the same guy. <laughs> Actually, Dogma is a better example. Going from the fly oh, to yeah. Dogma, that's a better example. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, you got that. Yeah. How can the guy who did the fly, which is this tragedy of epic proportions, and it is a tragedy when once Dave Cronenberg finished with it in a good way, and then he's doing the score for a Jay and Silent Bob movie with a shit demon. <laughs> That's probably the real reason because you could, you, you, I actually, I, I forgot he did the score for, for Dogma. I forgot that was him. I know that's uh, I, I knew it and then forgot it and then read that again and went, Oh yeah, that's kind of, that still hits me kind of weird. Yeah. See, and that's probably the reason why he's never been, he doesn't get the recognition because he just comes in, he does his job and then he goes. Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes that's, that's all you need sometimes. Cause that is, see, that's where a guy like him is been doing it forever, has a lot of success doing it mm-hmm. where other guys, not that this is nothing to do with him negative with Danny Elfman, but Danny Elfman is very specific. And if I'm making a movie and it's an action adventure, rompy adventure, I'm not hiring Danny Elfman. Well, tell that the same Remy. No, but the idea is that like in my head, I'm yeah. going, he is, and that's what's weird. He is the Tim Burton guy, right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you're sitting here going, but he has that very specific, very spooky kind of way about him with the music he, he doesn't always i mean he does some other stuff but uh, the spider-man scores mm-hmm. yeah you know, yeah i remember seeing spider-man the first spider-man movie when i came out sitting there watching the credits and going Danny Elfman? and with that theme playing i think he did um dr strange right in the multiverse of madness because that was Sam yes, he did. yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah, that see, didn't sound like a Okay, uh-huh. there were weird parts in it, but that was to match the movie was weird. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. No, but, but that when, uh, you couldn't have told overall, me that it was Danny Elfman unless I uh-huh. knew, if I didn't know it was Sam Raimi, I wouldn't have been able to see it was Danny. Well, it's the same thing. Sam Raimi did this movie called A Simple Plan, which is a small movie. It's um, got Billy Bob Thornton, Bill Paxton, and it's basically about two brothers in the middle of like Colorado. I think they come across a plane, a down plane with um, you know cash, and they take the cash, and it's just about how everything goes to hell from there. It's a very great little low-key characters movie. Written, it was directed by Sam Raimi. And Denny Elfman did the score. And I'm watching this, and that score is just completely different to anything else Denny's done. So it is that sort of thing. You, uh, you yeah. Know, yeah, if I was, you know, if I got the chance to direct a movie and I was doing, you know, an action-adventure thing, I yeah, honestly, I would not think to go Denny. Yeah. <laughs> I would no, not I think would, to do that. I would, I would... Henry Jackman, I, go, I would do. I'd go David Arnold. <laughs> David Arnold, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's what's so funny is because knowing you, I could see more of the traditional action thriller route. Yeah. Where with me, it's more of those, the rompy adventure route. Yeah, so yeah you're, the you're music, more the serial side of it. Yes, I am more like the little more you want like the more booming bombastic moments, massive explosions, car chases, this yeah. kind of stuff. I want those rompy rolling drums, like Curse of Black Pearl, Indiana Jones, Uncharted, like very, very specific theme uh, yeah. that I'm obviously going for. And uh, hey, you know what? I- yeah. <laughs> That's here's the, beauty the funny of thing. This. Here's yeah. the funny thing. My fifth choice, this is the funny thing. My fifth choice, mm-hmm. it's the score for Cutthroat Island. Wow, yeah. Which is that it's it's exactly what we're talking about. It's John Debney. And John Deb Debney was a guy who, you know, he did those big, epic, rolling, adventurous, fun scores. 
And it's and just like with the Stargate theme done by David Arnold, the theme for Cathar Island, which is called the main title and slash Morgan's Ride, it got used in so many trailers as well. It's still getting used in trailers. Interesting. For other yeah. movies? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, imp- and it's I mean, that's gra- impressive. And, and and I've listened to the score a couple of times all the way through. It's one of my favorite movies, you know. Um, it's one I grew up watching, and I don't care if people call it, you know, it's the greatest flop in cinematic history, and if people ha- don't like it, I don't care, because I love it, <laughs> and that's what's important. Right. And that score... I think Waterworld hmm? still has that, so I don't think you have to yeah. worry about it. <laughs> uh, but we're not touching Waterworld. Um, Wonder Woman the thing about the cut- there's, there's a few that I would say are bigger flops than... Oh, yeah, yeah. Between but, money you know, spent, so yes. You see, Cuthbert Island bankrupted a studio. It ruined Rennie Harlan's career, basically. Tom Cruise kind of almost did the same thing. <laughs> True. I love, I, um, love bringing, I love bringing up the Universal Monsters universe. So, just yeah. But Universal was already insane. on the rocks before Tom Cruise came in. So you can't sure. blame little, you can't blame tiny Tom. <laughs> yeah. Can't blame five foot um, six Jack Reacher. Uh, I don't mind those movies. Just ignoring the, you know, because I, I didn't yeah. know anything about Jack Reacher. I didn't know anything sure. about him. Sure. So, you know, I'm reading the first book at I, the moment. And, and I'm like, Tom yeah, Tom Cruise. Of, I give Tom a lot of crap. He's. I know you do. He is great in everything he does. Yeah. Everything he, he does, makes, he's great. He makes the to- he makes Tom always, Cruise movies and he's best at it. I don't always like his movies, but he is great. And I respect that yeah. hell yeah. out of the way he goes about doing it. He's he's great. Yeah. I'm so glad that we've got you actually recorded saying that. I never don't said you I didn't like Tom. I just said, don't, don't you edit it out now? <laughs> Can edit, edit it out? We hey, we both agreed the Mummy remake would have been great if it wasn't. Yeah, the Mummy. Yeah. If, oh if yeah, yeah. Separate, hands down. If you separate yeah. state from church. Yep. And hands down. Hands down. Just watch it. If they if they hadn't have called it the Mummy, if they hadn't have. There's a curse of the something i would yep. have been yep. i would have been peachy to go to yep. be yes it would have been, yeah it, you sit there and go it's not amazing but it will do but because that, they that single-handedly kind of showed you what the power of fandom can do because brendan fraser fans were pissed yeah oh yeah <laughs> i mean honestly and they I, were I, like no you i can't avoided watching movie. it you can't do this because of this and i'm like wow this is like yeah Oh, I remember all that. Made me feel I avoided, good. Made me feel I good having The Mummy is my third favorite movie ever made. <laughs> well, see, I, I avoided watching that movie and not yeah. because of Mummy 99. I avoided Mummy 2017 just because I saw the trailers and went, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched it. I watched it and I just went, okay, in my head, I'm going separate it from Mummy 99. Just separate mm. it. It's its own thing. And I sat there and went, yeah, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible. And... Tom Cruise did Tom Cruise really well. And I have to admit, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he was having so much fun. And I enjoyed that. But going back to Cuthbert Island, the score, it's a traditional adventure score. It's got the drums. It's got the choir. It's got mm-hmm. the trumpets. It's got everything you want. And it's that sort of thing. If you you could take that score and if you if you know you had never seen the movie and I played you the score, I'd say, when do you think this was done? Chances are you'd say, it sounds like it's from the golden age of cinema. It's that classic style. Sure. Now, um, I just think 
it's kind of like uh I'm trying to think of that era of music man as because that was 90s so you think about the 90s you were going from that very from a classical sound to more modern sounds so you yeah. think about you had um oh what's his name the guy who did the terminator score oh uh wow i can't remember that yeah um while you look him up because mm-hmm. he was very synthesized he did you know you, if you listen to the score for true lies it's a it's got some crucial stuff but it's all very synthesized and that was that era you didn't get a lot of those traditional scores in big budget movies sure and thankfully uh, we went they, they went the other way well terminator 2 is brad fetal yeah that's the guy okay. yep he did the first one as well okay he did score for true lies he became james cameron's go-to guy and he did he was very very synthesized orientated yeah which i mean look at the movies it's yeah. kind of james's thing too so i mean yeah. you know well for the most um, part until you get into well, yeah. avatar and stuff but yeah and then if you look at say you know 90s, around the same 90s time, james cameron yeah and you had eric Serra. he did mm-hmm. the score for god eye and the fifth element and the score for the fifth element i have to admit great movie love the movie score's yeah. a little forgettable except for the diva dance <laughs> yeah no you're 100 right i mean that's my second favorite movie ever made and it's not even probably in my top 10 or 15. Yep. That is, see, that's the off-balance movie. That is the cast driving the movie. The to cast me, and the, the writing driving the movie. It's not... The cast? It's, yeah, it's the, the cast, but also the visuals. you got to admit. Well, yeah. For, that's, I think, 95. The visuals in that movie are so. crazy. Yeah. You know, and that's Luke Besson firing at all levels and i can't yeah. i can't wait to i can't re- wait to watch valerian because i've only seen that one once and i can't wait to rewatch it <laughs> yeah we'll be watching that together i love that yeah. movie yeah. I, I, that that was a fanboy's dream when it came to that movie and that's who he made it for so big yeah. respect to him awesome um, so you're number so, five so this is actually um surprising honestly because okay. putting this list together i was going oh man Number five is going to suck because you're probably going to take some or I'm going to second guess myself. I'm going to do this. We, we haven't really done that. No, your movies, I'll tell you right now, none of your movies are in are in my top ten. They're not. I Actually, I have to admit, same, same. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are no, there's no overlap, which honestly, I'm really happy with I, I'm very happy with it, but I'm also honestly a little shocked because of just, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of similarities with, with stuff like this. And it's, it's, it's just, maybe that just shows you how much freaking good music there is out there for film music, you know, obviously, um, well, obviously video games too, in this case, but it's amazing. (laughs) And, but that, see, that puts me in a really weird spot because when we were, I think we were talking off camera about this where I said, my top six were easy. Yes. And then seven and eight were good, like very happy. And then after that, it was a mishmash of a bunch of good ones. I still have my number five and I really love number six and seven as well. So I'm like, I'm sitting, but number five is, it's going to be number five. And, well, uh, see, but don't forget after, after we finish the draft, we're then going to talk about how this yeah. properly. So, you know, you're going to be well, able to tell us anyway. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm going to do too is what I want to do is, um, basically do a, uh, a couple little, um, uh, what is it called? Where, uh, use your words, <laughs> uh, honorable mentions, honorable mentions. Yes. 
Yeah, so I, I, mentions. I'm happy because there are some yeah. on my list that I, I, I would a your opinion on them, but B, I just want to talk about them. So, yeah. Uh, so number oh, five, I'm the same. number five is Jurassic Park. Um, oh man, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> that honestly, I, 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 yeah, okay, I'll get yeah another John Williams. You got you got two John Williams scores on your list. I on your draft. I'll give you that, sir. Well played. He, he well is, played. He is so. <laughs> He's the, the best there ever was, the best there ever will be when you just look at his body of work. And I, you're I, sitting I, I here. I respectfully disagree with that. I, man, you look and at I, his I, filmography I, and you're I just know, like. But, no, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. He's the king of themes. Yeah. Yeah, no. I find once you get past the theme, I do find his soundtracks, his scores to lack a little. And there'll be one that. or two extra pieces, one or two extra pieces that you just go, Wow. Prime example, you got the Star Wars theme, and then yeah. you get the Imperial March. Or better, Indiana Jones. In The Last Crusade, you've got the Raiders March, and then you've got the great chase on the uh, circus train. That music is brilliant. And then the rest of it is okay. The Venice chase is good, and the rest of it is okay. Yeah. You know, you get the so, Sean Connery theme, which is used, which is supposed to be more like uh, clumsy sounding and like. Yeah. Uh, which that's great. Yeah. But overall, it's not a soundtrack I will actively go to time and time again. And there's a lot of John Williams stuff. I, I will listen to one or two songs. It's usually the themes. And then I'll go, right, I'm good. Well, then, so this is this is a funny conversation. So it was 50-50 between this and number six. Okay. And okay. the reason I chose Jurassic Park is because the uh, movie title score is one of the most recognizable and greatest ever made. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that might, might be the tiebreaker. And uh, mm -hmm. but number six for me, which was almost number five, was Ghostbusters. And because of the way it just it hits me, and it it, it and I'll be honest, it does it does matter with Afterlife for me, because all it does is reiterates how much I loved the music in the first movie. Yeah. Because we talked about this with Kevin on our Ghostbusters shows is. The main reason I got so emotional watching Afterlife was because of the music, yeah, and because of the way it was used. And that's just Jason Reitman being amazing at what he does. But it's Elmer Bernstein's original scores, and they were perfectly crafted for that movie. And you want to talk about putting a theme together? He themed the crap out of Ghostbusters, and he he made it he made it beautiful in my opinion. And and there are there are other movies we'll go over them later, but. The way, and that's where the back half of my list is kind of mishy mashy. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, this is great, this is great, this is great, but what really set apart the other ones? And that's where Jurassic yeah. Park jumped to the top of the list was because of that main title score. Oh no, I, I get that, I get that, and actually, I'm looking at my list right now, and I kind of realized, hang on, I don't have a lot of ultra modern movies on my list. <laughs> we also don't really talk about ultra modern movies on our podcast, so. But but you, but you know what I mean? Like, um, I yeah. think most. The, the, the most modern movie I've got is The Suicide Squad. Okay. I mean, for me, I don't have a modern movie until A Thief's End, and that's a video game. So, I mean... It counts. It's modern. It, no, it does. It does. But it's... Um, it's... No, but yeah, no. Jurassic Park is a great score. I will give you that. It is a great score. Like, okay, you got the Jurassic Park theme itself. But also, every time you watch that movie, and, you know, you get the Universal logo, and then you hear, bum, bum. With the choir, I've, every time, it, even just listening to the soundtrack, I have to meet you. Into in my head, I go shooter. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's a lot of the chase sequences in the movie. It's a lot of the creepy moments. It's a lot of the dark moments. There's a lot of it's. It might not be the most in your face soundtrack, but it's just it. You said he's a master of themes. Yeah. He got the theme done perfectly, in my opinion. And and that's just. And again, these are some of my favorite movies ever made. So the music. I've seen the movies more. I I I recognize the music more. I've I've yeah. taken in the music more. So my brain will naturally work into like some of the ones that lower on the list. I haven't seen as much, but the, the music, the minute it turns on, on my, on my playlist, I'll stop and look and do a double check on who the composer is and who, you know, what the movie is just because it's massive. So, yeah, no, that, that, um, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So real quick, give us a quick rundown on your top five again, just so it's, and then I'll do mine. It's kind of the barbarian. Mm-hmm. It's give us the uh, composer too, just just in case, in case people want to yep, look it so up. So it's Conan the Barbarian, Basil Polidurus, who did some amazing scores. He did the score for Hunt for Red October. He just Starship Troopers, Robocop. Starship so, Troopers, you know, man. Yeah. 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 Great yeah. movie. Great score. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, hell. Mars Attacks. What. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember the, the order. That's the problem. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So number two, don't edit all this. Just let's keep going. Yeah. Number two, Mars Attacks by Denny Elfman. Need we say more? Yeah. Number three, it's The Suicide Squad by John Murphy. Mm-hmm. Number four, Casino Royale by David Arnold. And number five, Cutthroat Island by John Debney. All right. And uh, my top five is thematically pretty much what people should expect from me. Uh Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't anything that made me go, really? No, no, absolutely. No, I mean, nothing. This is the most like vanilla list you'll see when it comes to, oh, Matt, Matt, the action adventure guy. Who'd have thought this is his favorite? It's vanilla like that, where it's like, (laughs) oh, I didn't even have to listen to this podcast, which, no, that's not true. You did have to listen to this podcast. Just for my stuff. (laughs) Yes, just. Just, just for just stuff, exactly. So, uh, number one was Raiders of the Lost Ark, John Williams. Number yep. two was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, Klaus Bedelt with Hans Zimmer. Still going to give Hans credit. Um, number three is Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, which is Henry Jackman, along with the original scores by Greg Edmondson. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, number four is uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Howard Shore. And uh, really, I have a, a playlist with just all six movies between the Hobbit trilogy and Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is that extended or theatrical? Uh, I think it's original motion picture soundtrack, so it's okay. theatrical. But it's still like 11 and a half hours of music. Yep. So if you just need something for like literally the entire day, download all six of those and let them go. Um, and uh, then uh, you, uh, you could do something more fun, which is the Star Wars ones. Come on. <laughs> There's nine movies. Actually, it's 11 movies considering Rogue One and Solo. Uh, Rogue One and Solo, I'll give you credit for, but I, I only include the originals. That's only five. Oh, come on. The prequels, the prequels were done by John Williams as well. Yeah, no, prequels. Actually, he did all of them. He did all of them. He even did the, the, the sequels as well. I just, I don't like to admit that they exist. The sequels or the prequels? Sequels because they killed off the best character at the end. Mm-hmm. With Ben Solo, mm-hmm. uh, his redemption story should have lasted 
she was that should have been all three movies that should have been all three movies she was better off sorry daisy Uh, my daughter's name is daisy so it's it's hard to curse daisy ridley but ben solo should have lived uh and no i'm i I am obviously half kidding because music's great don't get me wrong and yet neither of us have any of the star wars stuff in our favorite music um no no. I wonder if it's also a little bit, I can't really say it's, it, there, I don't want to, it's not recency biased. It's maybe oversaturation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you that. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great anymore because there's yeah. it's just, it's so, I don't want, I guess it's kind of overplayed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that hundred percent, but I mean, you know, when somehow Raiders like- is not overplayed, I don't get it. Indiana Jones doesn't have the same. Because it's only been four. It's only been four movies. That's why. Yes, but I mean, nine movies plus nine canonical, plus, mo- canonical it, movies plus it also two created a, it also created a genre. Yeah, so, so that's the thing. So yeah, no, nah, yeah. and there are so many other movies that try to mimic the Star Wars theme yeah. as well. So it's kind of like that thing where you go, yeah, I understand completely when you say it's oversaturation. Yeah. So yeah, and then I bookend with Jurassic Park, also yeah. by John Williams. So. um but yeah, so un, um, honorable mentions. Let's see. Um, yes. So, however you want to spell them, doesn't have to be order, doesn't have to be this. Give me, um, give me three to start. So I want to, I want to keep track of these, and I'm going to add those to our group as well as honorable mentions for both of us. So, okay. Uh, just right, so give me, give me three extra. I'll give you yep. three extra, and then we can go even deeper if we want. All right. I've got Deep Rising by Jerry Goldsmith. Deep Rising ahead of the mummy. Yep, because I wrote I wrote a book listening to the Deep Rising soundtrack. Excuse me. Yeah. To the Deep what, Rising uh, Wild Hunt, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Ooh, look at that! You know my work as RF Blackstone. <laughs> I have a very odd memory. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what what would most consider useless crap. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I do as well. So you know. And I forgot to put the dishes away. <laughs> so yeah, and I do that not- more regularly than most things, and I still forget. Dishes so. are not important. That they're not important. You yes, have a wife. She can do it for you. Oh well, yeah, but you have, you have a wife. You have a wife and a dog. If one doesn't put them in, the other one can lick them clean. I'll let you figure out which does which. Um, <laughs> Unless Thor has thumbs, that is going to be tough. Oh, he can manage it. He's a clever dog. He He's a clever boy. boy. He's a clever boy. All right, so yeah, Deep Rising. Okay. Then I'm going to go with Batman v Superman by Tom Holkenborg, a.k.a. Junkie XL. What? What? No, I know. It's just... What? Okay, continue. Don't you be see, making fun I, I, of see, Zach I would have... I would have, for me, it was Dark Knight. Oh, no. No. I loved the music in Dark Knight. No, I, I, no I've listened to the music from all three of the Chris Nolan Batman movies, and I have mm-hmm. to admit, I think it's some of Hans Zimmer's worst work. Interesting. Because, and I can tell you exactly why. I mean, they're not on my there list are no for themes, reason, but they're still... There are no themes. There's no themes at all. What is the theme for Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy? What is the theme for the Joker in the Dark Knight? Screeching piano. I can get that from a cat on a piano. True. 
there is no themes. Batman needs to have a theme. The Joker needs to have a theme. Yeah. I think there's some of Hans Zimmer's worst work. I think it's worse than what he did for Interstellar and Inception, which is literally just... You mean like Michael Bay? Like Hans Zimmer created the bomb. He created it for yeah, Interstellar, for um, Inception. So you leave little yeah. Michael Bay out of this. <laughs> I feel like there were some womps in the Transformers movies. There are, but they're not orchestral. That's sound effects. Oh, that's explosions. Those are booms. That's a different thing altogether to a soundtrack where it's just, yeah. which is Hans Zimmer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. So good. I, do, good, I don't. Good I don't, little tidbit. No, I, yeah. But, you know. Fair enough. Um, yep. Um, I'm going to go with also my, my third honorable mention is Mission Impossible Fallout by um, Morn Balf. Okay. Now, the explain that, that one just, yeah, I was just saying explain yeah. that one a little bit because okay. I, again, it, it wouldn't have been on, uh, on my list. Yeah, I'm I curious. know. Now, so Mission Impossible Fallout was the last movie to come out. It's the one of Henry Cavill yeah. where Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter and did stunts that even proper stunt pilots went, no way. <laughs> yeah, again, Which I love. Much, res- much respect for Tom's ability at doing anything he wants yeah i hate it <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yes but um yes now the score itself okay apart from the mission impossible theme itself which is in there you know which is a great theme by itself the music has a lot of those modern elements that we've talked about that you like from henry jackman and all that but mm-hmm. it has some amazing big bombastic almost a mixture of john williams and david arnold stuff in there okay yeah that's that's an interesting combination i didn't expect you to say yeah oh yeah it's it's one of those soundtracks that you just sit there and go you know when you're watching the movie the soundtrack just it vanishes because it melds so well with what's happening on screen listening to it by itself I'm there going, hell, holy hell, this is really, really, really good. You know, I got a playlist of spine music and the soundtrack for that movie, it's there, along with Casino Royale. <laughs> you know, and, and when you look at Lorne Balf, his career, he has done a, you know, one of those guys, he kind of got started under Hans Zimmer and then he's gone off and done his own, own stuff. You know, he did the uh, music for the sequel to Pacific Rim. You know, um, which is usually like huge and like, I mean, you yeah, yeah. The, when you think the about the, the and Pacific, stuff, yeah, yeah, and then the sequel, which takes everything up to eleven, the score he did was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's come back to do the score for the next Mission Impossible movie, and this this is amazing. They released the trailer, so he wrote a piece of music specifically for the trailer. They released it as a single. How often has that ever happened? Uh, unless it was like a like um, like a Bond theme song or something. Yeah, and the Big Bond theme songs they don't. That's, it's yeah, a and song. They, and they, it's not a. And they release a, that. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is the trailer music for the and, next and Mission Impossible movie. You and I have a very specific way we look at movie music. There's yeah, Blues Brothers movie music. Yeah, which is. Yeah, an amazing like, quote music soundtrack. Yeah. And then there's the scores, which is the orchestral music. 
And this is a score that Warren Bouse wrote this specifically for the trailer. That's and it's that good they decided to release it as a single. So it's mm. literally just score. Wow. It's incredible that they did that. Hmm. Oh, so, that's, you know, yeah, I yeah, didn't know that. Just, that that's yeah, that's you, cool. That's cool. Look up Lorne Bath. You look at his career. He's done TV shows. He's I think he's done some video games. And it's just that thing. You see, they go, why isn't this guy more well known? <laughs> like Howard Shore, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, it's why? Like, <laughs> yeah, he he just does his job. He does what's asked of him. Yeah. He does a great job, but he doesn't then, have a specific. Uh, yeah. Doesn't have a specific yeah. quality to his music that stands out. Yeah, specific sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, th- those are those are um, my three honorable mentions. I've, I've got two more I can do as well. But <laughs> yeah, no, I have a, I'll have a few extra too. We'll go. Um, yep. So my honorable. So mentions, what are your honorable um, mentions? So this one was this was Ghostbusters, Elmer Bernstein. Um, this was what we talked about, where it was mm-hmm. nearly number five for me, but um, and that's just the feel, um, the feel again in Afterlife. And just the theme that he created with this very unique movie. Yeah. And um, again, not a name I would have ever guessed as the composer for this. Uh, even in 1984, I would have guessed some other guys. But um, the, the way that he put the music together um, and he did it perfectly scene to scene. Yep. The, mu- the music fit perfectly with exactly what was happening on screen. And it wasn't always huge. It was just, I mean, most of the music in Ghostbusters, like the iconic music, isn't big, massive, bombastic, explosive orchestral no. music. It's subtle. It just it it just kind of crawls along with the scene. It's, it's very very. It's subtle. It, it is, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. And it's 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 near perfect in my opinion. Um, number eight was actually one I can't believe wasn't in either of our number fives, which is. Back to the Future, Alan Silvestri. Um, well, see, and... I, I, I like Alan Silvestri's work, and I have a list of specific songs from scores. Mm-hmm. I've got a Alan Silvestri song in there, so... <laughs> yeah, this one, my favorite. Obviously, you have the main theme song, but it was also the, uh, the um, skateboard chase. Uh, was a fantastic um, orchestra. In the first one, yeah. In the first movie. Yeah, so... Um, but Back to the Future is pretty self-explanatory. People know the music. Alan Silvestri yeah. is another king in this uh, in this world. Uh, oh yeah, Avengers. He, he's done a ton of stuff, uh, and that's just you know, Mummy Returns. Mummy, yeah, he's he did a, he's he's made his mark in uh, mu- yeah. movie music. Um, the next one is actually um, I was going to go with another video game, mm-hmm. but. Um, and that is uh, Halo. Uh, that is Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. And that okay. was very, because that's very operatic and very big and just like just huge numbers. When you hear the Halo music, you're like, oh man, it's, it's especially on headphones and it's just like very yep. loud in, in your ears. But instead I went with Sherlock Holmes, Hans Zimmer. And yeah, I'll give you that. It is. I'll give you that. You want to talk about themes. Hans yeah. Zimmer nailed See- the theme. With yep. some of the, yep. the the I don't even know what instrument it is. It's a that weird guitar that you're hearing. Oh, it, it, it's it's a it's an old fashioned um, it, it's a it's from the it's from the 1800s. Ding ding ding. ding. And, yep, and what ding, it is, you you ding, have to turn a crank to get it to work. Yeah. So yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Um, Hurdy gurdy, that's what it's called. Hurdy gurdy. Yes. 
Yeah, and, and every time I hear the music for that movie pop on, I'm just like, I know 100% that it is Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes. Yep. And it is... Yeah. See, he did a great thing, like the track uh, Discombobulate from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That was which the is, fight, right? Yeah, that's the fight at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a great piece of work. And that's the thing that surprises me. Sometimes Hans Zimmer can be fantastic, and then other times it's like, what the hell? He's just look yeah. at the stuff he does yeah. with Chris Nolan. <laughs> yeah, I know. All the fanboys are like, oh, that's it. They're going to come for me. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, uh, what else you got for me? Okay, I've also got another Denny Elfman score. There's a, a, a bunch that could be on these lists. Absolutely. Yep. And this one, this one could be surprising, though. Batman Returns. Okay. Okay. There's a reason. There's a reason. The Batman score for 89. So Batman 89, the score he did, he was very constrained. He actually wrote about 80 minutes worth of music. And when it came to Batman Returns, Tim Burton said to him, look, you've got Batman to deal with. You've got Selena Kyle to deal with. You've got the Catwoman. And that's how Tim Burton looked at it. Selena and Catwoman were separate. You yeah, the pain. a lot of themes. Yep. Yeah. Go crazy. And he wrote something like three hours worth of music. Wow. So, okay, you've got the great Batman theme that he created, which is a fantastic theme. Then you've got when Selena has her breakdown, after she's pushed out the window, she goes back to her apartment, she has that full breakdown. That piece of music that's playing under there, it's just strings. It is heartbreaking. Then, later on, when um, the penguin goes to the graveyard, there's this great bit of, it's almost like pomp. It's a pomp sound with tubers and everything. It's great. It's all very, you know, impressive. And then it gets to this part afterwards where it sounds a little forlorn and all this. The action sequences, like when the circus attack at the beginning of that movie, the music for that is great. When um, the penguin takes over the Batmobile, he's driving. That is really, really good too. That's the thing. This score is one of the best Batman scores ever. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, because I the, the original nineteen eighty nine Batman was always such an iconic score, and that's Danny. Yep. So I, mean, I get See, it. And Danny Elfman himself has always said he the one thing he regretted not doing was writing the theme for a Joker. He didn't. He never wrote a proper theme for the Joker, and he, he's always regretted that. And the reason was he ran out of time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if you want to talk about Danny Elfman scores, okay, Beetlejuice, fantastic score. Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow, that's incredible. That's got your organs, the gothicness, one that's the fantastic. Most, one of the most underrated, in my in my opinion, is Dick Tracy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hell, um, oh, what was it? Darkman. He did Sam Raimi's Darkman. Dark um, Come on. <laughs> Black Beauty. Yep. That was a beautiful score. It's uh, yep. the, the main title sequence. I, I don't think it has a name, but. I don't okay. even know the movie all that well, but I hear the no, song and that, I know it's black. I know that score. Yeah, I know, I know that, that song score. too. That's yeah. the thing. Danny Elfman, you know, everyone knows him as the guy who wrote, who does Tim Burton and wrote the Simpsons theme. That's Married what children. Tim, yeah. But mm-hmm. Danny Elfman has done so much more. And that's yeah. the thing. Um, so then my final of my list, it's now this one is probably going to be a, a one that a lot of people are going to go, What? It's 
the score for the 1999 William Shakespeare adaptation, Titus, that was directed by Julie Taymor. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep cut. Now, I'm going to tell you who the guy who did the, uh, the score was. And when you hear the name, you might go, okay, he sounds familiar. And then I'm going to rattle off some of the other movies he did the um, score for. Okay. And you're going to go, no way. Sure. Okay. So give me a second. Um, The guy who did the score. Now, the score for this, this movie is set in Rome. Now it's a Rome out of um, time. So you're going to get modern sounding bits of score. You're going to get some great, bombastic stuff. I do like operatic over the top music. Now, this score that was such a big influence. It's kind of it a la Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, more, but dip, but like some like for example, you saw the Just movie Shakespeare out of time and like yeah. more obviously modern. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw 300, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. You know, at the beginning when they're talking about when Leonidas was young, and he puts mm-hmm. the crown down and you get this big choir and it goes into this kind of march. Basically, that was stolen from the Titus soundtrack. Interesting. Yeah. It got set out of court. I'm not going to go into it, but the guy who wrote it was Elliot Goldenthal. Okay. He's still around. Okay. Now, just to give you a couple of the other movies he's done, Demolition Man. Okay. Interview with the Vampire. Okay. Batman Forever. Heat. Well, yeah. Um, Batman and Robin. <laughs> um, okay. SWAT. He did the, that, that one of Sam Jackson and um, Colin Farrell. He did that. He did that Public Enemies. Yep. What was that? Was a. Uh... The Jeremy Renner, which one? SWAT. Yeah. Yep. Colin Farrell, Jeremy Renner, Sam Jackson. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yep. So this yeah, Jer- guy, Jeremy was the the bad guy. Yep. Um, yeah, he was the bad Final guy. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's another one who does who does great work. Not really well known. Hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, and the score for Titus, it's just this great amalgamation of old and new in the best way possible. Cool. Well, that's, and, the movie's uh, quite, and, and the movie's crazy as hell to watch just because of Julie Taymor and what she does with it. She, for those who don't know who Julie Taymor is, she was the one who did the Broadway production of The Lion King. Oh. That's her. So those puppets and all that. So <laughs> Yeah, and the music was phenomenal. So Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's my list of film schools. Um, so what about you? An- so another one for me is um, Last of the Mohicans, Trevor Jones. Ooh, another Michael Mann movie. <laughs> yeah, that was, and and this is coming from a guy who has seen the movie maybe twice. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's more of the theme of the movie that I just, I'm, it's, it's a drama. It's very, it's very hard to watch um, in some, in some parts, but um, I will give them all music is so good it's yep. so good uh there's two specific songs one is called uh promontory and then the other one i'm trying to remember the name of it i i have it i'm just i'm blanking on what the name of it is i'm looking for it right now my oh it's uh oh the main title the main title um <laughs> so that makes sense um yeah. 
The other one I would say is uh, so uh, composer is Ludwig Gornson and it is the Mandalorian. Um, oh yeah, that that. Uh, 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 you mean the undulating, that, almost like a. Yeah, it yeah, is almost yeah. Zena is. Yeah, Zena ish sounding. Yeah, thing. <laughs> but it's it's also the those Western themes, but it's mm -hmm. Star Wars, but it's it's. Uh, it's very much a. It's like that that score sounds like to me. If Ennio Morricone did a Star Wars score, okay. Now, for those who you know, if you know Ennio Morricone, he did the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. You know the. Yeah, he's. That, I was gonna. I was about to say the spaghetti western stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. So that's exactly what the Mandalorian is. It's a spaghetti western set in Star Wars, and yeah. Uh, and there's actually a guy, um, uh, Patrick Doyle. So yes, Patrick Doyle. Uh, I know him from Thor. Uh, but I also know him from Brave, and the music yep. in Brave is. You want to talk about a Celtic music lover's love? Yep. The the music in that movie was so good. It was yep. so good, and uh, he he's done quite a bit and a lot of variety too. So um, those are well, a couple see, of, yeah. he got his start with Kenny Branagh. Yep. So Kenny Branagh directed Thor, mm -hmm. but Kenny Branagh's very first movie was Henry the Fifth. So Shakespeare again, sure. and Patrick Doyle did the score and he scored basically, I think not basically, I think he has scored every Kenneth Branagh movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, that I did not know. Like I said, I know like bits and pieces of his music. Uh, another great theme is um, uh, Gustavo Salantolala. Santolala. Uh, he, hey, did the, yeah, he did the music for the last of us for the video game uh -huh. series. And that, that's a, that's a thematic theme. So when you mm -hmm. sit here and you listen to this music, uh, it's, it's so perfectly done for the game. Um, this, the mood, the setting, it's very, in parts, it's very quiet, very creepy. It's, but yeah. it's, it's very deep and very emotional. Uh, he did, he did a great job with those. Um, and then, uh, go back to Disney, your guy, Thomas Newman with Wally and mm -hmm. the music he did for Wally. So some of the, some of the non, uh, I guess non princess. I mean, even though Merida is a Disney princess, the non singing princess where it's all orchestral music. It's like the non musical ones. Yeah. The non musical ones. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, some beautiful, beautiful music from some of these guys. So th th that's a few of them. Um, oh, and, uh, just for people, Henry Jackman also did the music for the, um, the Jumanji remakes. So, yep. and those, those were some like basically uncharted esque scores. So, um, but yeah, that, that's a few of them on my list too. Cool. That's a good list. That's yeah. a good list. Yeah. Um, I know that you're not, you, you, you don't have the mind to be able to go through actual, like your favorite actual composers. Cause we did film scores. Sure. The actual composers. You think you can do that? Um, yeah, I have mostly because uh, it's just talking points. And um, my favorite music is usually with my favorite movies. So yeah. it, it, it's going to end up being the same guys I just talked about, to be honest, um, just because they, okay, composed so we don't need to... the, they composed. I mean, you, you can run through some if you'd like, and I'll just respond because yeah, yeah, that's I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say John Williams because Indiana Jones because of everything he's done. Jurassic Park, well, yeah, I, I've, like, I've got it, a list it's, of... it's an easy answer, but you know, when you're talking filmography and you're talking iconic music, there's, I got, I got 13, I got a list of 13 of my favorite composers. Okay. 
No, okay. yeah. Go ahead. And 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 um, not in order. That's mm. the thing. These are not in order. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So David David Arnold naturally. Mm. Uh, Jerry can Goldsmith. You, can you give me a movie from each, just so we can put them together okay. if people want to look so, them up? David Arnold, Casino Royale, <laughs> Stargate, Independence Day, Godzilla '98. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that was a fun movie yeah it's a great fun movie and the score is fun too that's the thing david arnold does really good fun stuff i have my my original 1998 uh bobblehead from the yo quiero taco bell dog um <laughs> it is it what it came out for the here lizard 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 commercials this is this could surprise you taco bell is new to australia Ooh, yeah, that was a yeah. staple of my childhood. It still is. Um, I, uh, I never. I, I visited the US when I was in Mexico. I, vi- I visited the US a couple of times. Never got to eat it. Come back in twenty twenty one, and I discovered we've got Taco Bell now. So I finally had awesome. it. Awesome. I've had Taco Bell three times. I've seen the ad. That's cool. Yeah, that's this a is, cool bobblehead. So there. the other one is the Lowrider song. The do do do. Where he's sitting on the dash and his head is bobble. Yeah. Uh, so th- this cool. is when this guy came out and he is an he is an original. So it has the date on the bat and bottom. I've had oh, this cool. since literally ninety seven ninety eight. That is so cool. Yeah. Um. So Jerry Goldsmith. So Deep Rising, The Mummy, Thirteenth Warrior. Yep. Um. No longer with us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He actually created. He did the theme. He did the awesome theme for Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yep. yeah. We we looked up his um. His, yeah, his filmography, yep. his catalog. Yeah, when we talked mummy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Basil Polidurus, so Conan, Hunt for Red October, Robocop, Starship Troopers, uh, Danny Elfman. Do I need to say anything? <laughs> no, we yeah. Okay. Um, now I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's my, I, I, Michael Jacano. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's amazing. He's a director too. Um, yeah, well, yeah, his director, directorial debut was Night of the Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing something else that's coming out. Yeah, but, uh, he so, did the he did the music for Incredibles. Um, yeah, he, he's he's great. He's got that big band bombastic yeah. huge yeah. sound. Yep, um, Alan Silvestri. Yep, and for me, oh, he, he, my favorite, Michael. Jim, he also did the oh, music yeah. for Up. That was the other big yep. Disney. Yeah. yeah. Um. Alan Silvestri, and for me, my favorite Alan Silvestri album score is Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, Van Helsing's that music. Track, the opening track, which is Transylvanian 1887, with the whole black and white stuff, it's beautiful. That piece of music is so beautiful. John Williams, naturally, because, you know, you can't not like John Williams. Yeah, you can even be, you can even be like themed out of your mind and go, oh, it's just John Williams, but you're like it's that like it's okay. John so, freaking Williams. Yeah, okay, just very quickly the themes. You've got Superman, Jaws, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Darth Vader, two separate things, yep. Jurassic Park, Harry freaking Potter. <laughs> yeah, just you can Yeah. You can go nuts um, with yeah. He's yeah. there's oh, a, yeah. there, he, there's a reason he is what he is. Yes. Um, Lorne Balf, who I've already mentioned from Mission Impossible Fallout, um, Pacific Rim Uprising, a bunch of others. This is an old school guy. 
Wolfgang Eric Korngold, who I have mentioned in the past, he did the score for The Adventures of Robin Hood, starring the one and only Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, yep. So you want a good swashbuckling theme, that movie. Alan Menken, I've got on my list. Yeah, we haven't talked to Alan Menken. No, um, you know, and yet, you know, a, a great musician, you know, yes, he did the music for all the Disney Renaissance movies. He did the music mm-hmm. for all those. So Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Hercules, all that. Yeah. But he has written some amazing scores. The score he did for The Hunchback of Notre Dame is incredible. Yeah. The music he did for Tangled was phenomenal too. Exactly. See, yeah. that's the thing. So when you said Thomas Pocahontas, Newman, I'm thinking. The music in Pocahontas Thomas, is phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And you said Thomas Newman. I'm there going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, all it is is I think it's just it's the theme of Wally mm-hmm. and the fact that mm-hmm. it's so quiet. Yep. Because there's very little dialogue in the first half of the movie, yep. if any. And it it's re, it's reliant on the spe, the sound effects and the music. It's it's truly a visual story, which is yes. great. Yeah. Michael Kamen, who we haven't mentioned at all. Yeah. Die Hard. He did the mm-hmm. music for the for Die Hard, and Die Hard Three has an amazing score. He did the first X Men movie. He did, um, he did a bunch of movies, and most people would probably know him because he did with Metallica. Metallica S and M. That was one He's, of the greatest albums ever made. Yep, um, and they got did, Michael Caine uh, um, to conduct. He did Prince of Thieves. Yep. I'd say we've we've talked, well, we watched Men in Tights. We just talked original Robin Hood, and I'm like, yep. no, but he did we, the original yep. X Men. Original X Men music is very good. Yep. yep, that's the thing. Great uh, composer. Uh, he, I don't think he did the music, or he did compose it, but he was a part of the Lethal Weapon. I think I think I think he was part of it. I know he was definitely Die Hard. Don't know about Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I, I thought that he, was someone else. I don't think he composed. I think he was a part of the music. Department. Oh, he could have been like a producer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. There it is. I was waiting for his page to load so I could confirm. But uh, <laughs> oh, he did. He did the music for Tomb Raider, which is actually yep. it's actually pretty. Yeah, good. The music's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Iron Giant. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. He, he, he can. He, he did the later Lethal Weapon movies, not the original. Okay, yeah, not. But, oh, Mr. Yeah, Holland's Opus, which was fantastic. Yeah. It better be it's about an orchestra <laughs> oh yeah or a conductor but um but, but yeah, yeah. I, I i love the fact that you know yeah he did you know you look at his career as a um composer and then you go yep metaka snm but maybe the greatest song he ever composed okay was the theme song for the x-men animated series yes i had that used to be my my ringtone i remember is he yeah, I remember that. Uh, 93. And I was nine when it debuted. And I remember there was like two shows. I think there may be three, but there were two shows for sure that we would record, VHS record, on Saturday mornings so I could watch them. And it was X-Men the Animated Series. And, and it was back in the day, it was Yu-Gi-Oh!, and yep, I was, I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan. I just thought it was entertaining. I didn't play the games or anything. I just thought it was entertaining. Um, but I remember, man, I, that X-Men series, and now that they're bringing it back, 
X-Men 97. Yep. yep. Oh, that, that, oh, yeah. that they better have, they, they better use that theme song though. They better use that theme song. That's going to have a afterlife effect on a lot of people. Oh yeah. That's going to oh, yeah. hit people. I, that's going to hit I people to, in the feels big yeah. time. Oh yeah. If I, when I watch it, when I watch it, yeah. If I, if they have that theme song, oh, oh I'm going to be gone. Yeah. The whole premise of that show is that it starts up immediately after it was canceled. Oh, okay. That's why cool. that's why they're called it's literally called X-Men 97. X-Men 97. Okay. Cuz X-Men was canceled in 1997 and it's restarting in 1997. I got to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, you're fine. Did we want to after this, do we want to go into the individual songs or just wrap it up? Um we could probably just wrap it up. We're we're hour 45, so yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. I'll be back and then we can wrap it up. Okay. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so the last thing you said was about the ninety X Men ninety seven. So I'm happy to just I'll, I can make a comment and then we can go from there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, right. I'll I'll continue my thought real quick and then just yeah. add on. So, and what they said was the animated style, the coloring. Uh, most of the original voice actors are going to be back. So that is that, that's what I was. That was my my thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they if they get if they had new actors doing all the voices, then there would be this big, um, how we call it? Like a disconnect, basically. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Me, yeah. writer, speak English well. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase. I'm an Australian. I, I don't have to. Um, <laughs> you, you speak closer to proper English than I do. So. Well, it depends on what you consider to be proper English. If you're talking about the king's tongue, then yes, I speak, I'm closer to that. Yeah. But we're just talking about English in general. It's pretty much what you guys speak over there. <laughs> yeah, I think we just, uh, I think we beat it over people's heads enough to where this is the the this, the new standard. <laughs> you 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 Star Wars the hell out of the language. Yeah, it's that's why it's American. It's American English. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just bludgeoned yeah. us all until we just went. Yeah, fine. Let's give him something. <laughs> So, so, uh, I just thought of this, um, 
if you could pick one of your books and have what composer compose the music to it? Is this a book that's come out or one I'm planning to write? Uh, anything, e either way. Okay. All right. Honestly, I think I would go, <laughs> I think for most of my books, it would be David Arnold. For most of my books, I would say David Arnold off the mark. Especially doing the thriller stuff, the action thriller stuff I'm going to be writing, I'm definitely going to say David Arnold. But with the horror stuff I've done in the past, the creature feature, I would say probably either Alan Silvestri. I could see Jerry Goldsmith. Or I was going to say Basil Polidurus, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Bless you, doggy. Sorry, my dog just sneezed if you pick yeah. that up on the microphone. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For the horror stuff, Alan Silvestri, Jerry Goldsmith, or Basil Polidurus. But for the action thriller stuff, it's David Arnold all yeah. the way. <laughs> what about yeah. you? Uh, so for, I, I think for I know like, who I, I think I know who you're going to pick. Yeah, for, for my Jack Riley stuff, it would be Henry Jackman. You know what? Uh, <laughs> it, a he 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 gets it. He understands it. But he's also very versatile if he yeah. calls for it. So uh, that's why I like him. Um, so much because he, but he does, I mean, he really does belong in the action adventure genre because when you really think the last, we'll call it last 10 years of the stuff he's done, um, it's been those booming, rompy action adventure style, yes. uh, or orchestrations. And, um, so a, those are my favorite style, but B it's my favorite genre to write in. So he's just a natural fit for me. But yeah, yeah. no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so you wouldn't like go for say, you know, John Williams? No, because Henry kind of gives it a little bit more of that modern feel too. Um, not oh, that John, oh. not that John couldn't do that by any means. But well, what about this? John writes the theme, and then oh. Henry comes in and does the rest. <laughs> I'd rather have Greg Edmondson write the theme, honestly. Ooh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give or you that one. Claus Bedell. So I mean. Well, see, that was the thing. I mean, I've always wanted to write a pirate story. And I have to admit, if I was going to write a pirate story, it would be Klaus Badel or it would be John Debney. Those would be the two I would go with. Well, see, that's where a th that's basically what a thief's end is, though. I mean, a thief's end yeah. revolves oh, yeah. around Henry Avery's treasure. So it's, it's, yeah, it and, is and, a, uh, there's a lot of that pirate kind of swash. I, I have to admit, you know, I played, first time I played that game, I played the previous three, and then there was a massive gap between playing a thief's end. Mm -hmm. And so I got it. And I got that pack where it was the first three in one sure. HD remaster. So I played them all the way through. I went, before I do four, I'm going to play one, two, and three mm -hmm. to get reused to everything and then go four. And what, they're all fun games. You know, and I knew nothing about four, just that it was the final game. And playing it, they're going, okay, this is cool. And the moment they mentioned Avery, I'm a big fan of the, the Golden Lords Age of Piracy. And just the Golden and Age of Piracy, stuff. all that. Yeah. The show Black Sails, I love all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the moment that you mentioned Avery, I, I just went, well, I didn't make that sound. Mm -mm -mm. But <laughs> I almost did a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a massive doggy pouting at me, wanting attention. <laughs> I get it. And I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. He actually is pouting. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Titus, it's okay. Um, 
So yeah, the moment I heard Avery, I just went, okay, this game got even better. And then listening to the, you know, you told me to listen to the soundtrack and I've listened to it. I'm like, yeah, this, that's a pirate movie score in a game, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, that was always my, you know, that's kind of my appreciation of the genre. So that, like I said, those would be my picks, but, uh, yeah. but yeah. Um, so um, next week is actually going to be, a very very fun episode for us. Um, oh, please please I, remind me. I've actually forgotten what we're doing next week. So it is actually a classic quote, classic swashbuckling tale. Ah, that's right. I remember. <laughs> yes, it's it's. Let me do this correctly. It's got pirates, princesses. It's got giants. It's got tortures. It's got escape. It's got fencing, fighting. True love. Miracles. <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is Miracle Max. So, true love. Oh, I, 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 can't, I can't wait to do. To blathe. <laughs> yep. Oh, but Andre the Giant, I, just, I can't wait to talk about that movie. It, yeah. Massive part of my childhood. So, yeah. yeah. I, I so, can't we, will, I we will be talking Princess Bride and uh, uh, beautiful movie. Uh, still off-put that they're talking about making a uh doing a reboot or a remake it will never happen it will never happen i can't Same as they've been talking about doing a remake of um labyrinth yeah there are certain things that will never happen and there's a reason for it yeah i mean it's there's there's the feel there's the writers there's i mean there's there's so much it was perfect yeah that, that that's like where we were talking with you know mummy 99 with like in some other movies where you're just like there there you can't well there there were so many again. things that fell into place with 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 actors in the right time frame the movie yeah. being made at the right time uh i mean there's there's so many things that fell into place with that movie that um it can't be redone without obliterating the spirit of the original yeah. Uh, and that's and, what we, the, the, the prime example for us is Ghostbusters 2016, yeah. where the heart of what it was, was just completely ignored and it, and it, the fans revolted yeah. and, and here you I, are. I mean, you know, Princess Bride was 84. It's mm-hmm. a movie that for people our age, we grew up with it. So it has an mm-hmm. even bigger meaning. And I mean, the closest we've come, not to a it's remake, narrated but, by Columbo for crying out loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the closest we've come to a movie that's not a remake, but with the same tone and vibe, Matthew Vaughn's Stardust. Okay, I think I've seen that once. And that's I, the one then where, I would need um, to revisit it then. Yeah, it's uh, got, uh, what's he saying? Charlie Cox is in it. Okay. Claire Danes, the villain is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, oh, yeah. Robert De, Robert De Niro plays a lightning pirate so he harvests lightning on a, on a floating flying pirate ship it's a fantasy thing sure. but it's got the same tone and vibe as the princess bride okay okay and it's the closest we've gotten to anything similar interesting yeah yeah there's it's it's weird it's because it's it's one of those movies where it's not overtly funny like as far no. as the jokes it's situationally hilarious in some parts yeah. It's a it's a smart comedy, but 
it's a romance, but it's an action movie, but it's a fantasy. It's but everything. It's, it's, it's everything. Everything. Yeah, and I, I've always loved Chris Aaron is sin- sinister, but hilarious in his yep. in his uh, delivery. Christopher Guest as, Christopher as Count Rugen. Um, but it's one of those things. The making of the movie is amazing, but the way William Goldman came up with the book and everything is even better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, next next week's probably going to be a bit of a long one. <laughs> And, and honestly, it's been quite a few years since I've watched it through. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll see it on and, you know, back when I was actually watching TV and, and I would just, I'd watch it, but watch actually sitting and uh, watching it all the way through and really like concentrating on it. Uh, it's been a little bit and I know I'm going to lo- enjoy it because, uh, yeah. so peel back the curtain, uh, Friday night, my time, Saturday afternoon, his time, he, he and I did a double feature Mel Brooks. Yep. And uh, we started with, which I'm still going to say it, if, if depending on the climate of your area with, with things, with politics, <laughs> no, I'm just, and you need a laugh and you need to be reminded what is possible in society as far as just giggling at everything at yourself. We watched... Blazing Saddles, which was, I I was I was I was barely number laughing. one the number one movie ever made that could never be made today. Yep, and I was like, barely period. laughing. So I was barely laughing yeah. throughout the majority of that. I, I was laughing a lot louder than you know. I came out of my yeah. you know he paused it. I had to get something, and my dad goes, "You watching Blazing Saddles?" I went, "Yep." He goes, "Knew it." <laughs> just from the t- just because that's a movie I laugh differently compared to other comedies yeah yeah and then we we finished the night with uh robin hood men in tights which is my favorite um mel brooks movie yeah and uh that was just the one that we watched the most when i was a kid so i just have i have a lot of fond memories of my brother and my dad and i well see i like princess bride i watched a lot as a kid and jason and the argonauts the ray harry housen one i Mm want those were movies that were always on constant repeat we were, a a seventh, a we were a seventh voyage of Sinbad family. Nah, Jason and the Argonauts is way better. Nah, I love Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. I love Clash of the Titans. I love a lot of those. It's Harryhausen. It's yeah. Harryhausen, but the seventh yeah. voyage of Sinbad was always our, like, that was our go-to yeah. Harryhausen. No, I get I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, no, next week's going to be a good one. So, but we, 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 first thing we were talking about was, um, Carrie always in his, his sword technique and his, God, his comedic timing is just yeah. so good. And he can be so dry and so hilarious. Oh. Yeah. He, he's, and as Robin Hood in Men in Tights, he was brilliant. And as Wesley and yes. the good pirate Roberts, you know, one of my favorite lines in that, in Princess Bride, it's, um, mm. you know, she, she, uh, Buttercup and him are talking, he's got the mask on. So he's still the pirates. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, you know, she, he, she makes some comment and he says, life is pain. Anyone who says different is trying to tell you something. Yeah. You know, and all that, his delivery is perfect, but all that came from William Goldman, who wrote the book and the script. Yeah, my favorite but, was when he was talking about the, uh, how the mask, the mask is going to be a fashion. Gonna, oh, yes. I, I see them being all the rage or whatever he says. It's. <laughs> It's, it's we'll all be uh, in the future. We'll all be wearing what, masks. What are, you, what are you? What uh, you? Terribly burned or whatever. Yeah. I know, yes. I, and find them awfully comfortable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll get into that next week with yeah uh, yeah we yeah if we if we sign that we won't stop. <laughs> yes. And, uh, uh, but yes. Uh, so please, um, thank you for listening. Number one, but um, please like and subscribe to the show. Tell your friends and, and join um, and and come into our go to the Facebook yes. group and actually tell us your favorite scores, your favorite composers, and why. Yeah, because there's a lot of active people in there, and stuff like this is is because it's all it's all subjective. Uh, it, it, it's all um, obviously your personal belief with the genre that you uh, that you uh, prefer. Uh, a lot of yep. the people in their group are also readers, so it's a great group for that because that is one of the more subjective things is books. So yes. it's authors, is genre from there, and it's 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 fun to see a different perspective from like us writers talking about movies. And then we have readers and writers in the group also talking about these same movies and 100% different takes on all the different things. And I was, I was blown away uh, by one of the more uh, recent uh, posts. So I'm pulling it up right now, um, kind of off the cuff. So uh, bear with us. No, it's okay. We're near the end of the show, but it was a, uh, <laughs> it was something that I posted. It was, a picture of Kevin Costner and it says, oh, what yes. movie do you think when you see Kevin Costner? And I just, it, I shared it and it was somebody else's post. And I immediately said, Bull Durham, just because Crash Davis, one of my favorite lines in history was, you know, uh, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of the effing boat, you know? So <laughs> great scene. Him and Tim Robbins were masterful together. Yep. Um, and I, and back then I loved these baseball movies. I just thought they were so great. Um, but the variety of answers. So for the love of the game, the game, which was another great baseball movie, we have the postman. Um, we have uh water world. We have dances with wolves. We have the untouchables field of dreams, bodyguard. Um, a lot of Robin hood. I saw. Yeah. A lot of Robin hood. That's probably the most, um, the most See, mentioned hidden figures. Mm -hmm. Um, I, nobody, I, my, my, it's not a movie, but nobody has said, uh, anything with, um, Yellowstone yet. Which no. I know I know it's not a movie, but at the same time, see, it's huge and it, it really accelerated his career. His later in his career, I've um my answer is three things. One of them is very silly. The third one is a reference to a movie he made, which I don't think a lot of people have seen. So my answer was first Robin Hood, then I see him dancing with a wolf, and then I see him in an Elvis costume robbing a casino in Vegas. Uh, that was a good movie. That's the thing. That's the, you know three. <laughs> I think uh, somebody might have to change his shorts. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the perfect point to end. The, end mm -hmm. the but yes, uh, I, again, that's a post in our group um, that I, yeah, I shared, so. and it's it's fun to see everybody's explanations and answers. So, but yes. Thank you for uh, listening. Like I said, like and subscribe to the show, and uh, we'll see you next week with Princess Bride. Rich, it's as always, it's going to be. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>